Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Hi. On this episode, we are going to talk about therapy. This whole weird, taboo, sometimes awkward conversation about therapy. What is it? Who should go? What happens when you get there? What is the difference between a therapist and a coach? What should you look for in said therapist coach? How do you know if you are making progress? And how do you know when you're done? All that jazz coming your way. But first, some fun announcements. If you are thinking about coming to weekends, those glorious, magical, wonderful weekends together with me and Dana Point, there are only eight spots left for all of 2019. If you are on the fence, go to my website, elisesnipes.com, read all of the things and sign yourself up. You do not want to miss it. Eight spots left. Would love to have you with me in sunny Dana Point. Also, the Feel Better Workshop is up. These are web-based wellness workshops you can take from the comfort and privacy of your own computer. The first one, Feel Better, Live Better, is available now, and you should totally check it out. I should also say that I was talking to my sister about the first workshop this week, and in all my vulnerability, I asked her what she thought, and she said, uh, it was a lot. <laughs> I had to step back for a moment and realize that she's right. I just wanted to put so much into this first workshop that I probably overdid it. There is a lot of content and a lot of ideas and a lot of ways for you to implement these concepts. And for most people who don't live inside a therapist's brain, she is right. It is a lot. So long short of it, what I thought would be a super approachable, easy way to learn a lot of stuff in a short amount of time might actually take you more than the original hour I suggested. All that being said, let me know what you think. Is it too much? Is it not enough? Should I make the next one shorter? I'd love to know your experience, especially since I'm recording another one this week. This next one is for all of you who are working in any capacity, whether you do MLM and help people get access to essential oils or skincare, or you're an entrepreneur, whether you work a desk job or you're thinking about starting your own business, if you're a fellow therapist, an executive, whatever your aspirations or reality, this next workshop is all about owning your work. We'll take a deep dive in developing your identity, building the person behind the personal brand, how to overcome imposter syndrome, and how to be true to your genuine self so you can show up, play big, and be proud of what you do because you know who you are. Boom. Okay, lastly, I have been keeping a super exciting surprise about a podcast I was interviewed for that will be airing February 11th. I am straight over the moon, fangirl central, giddy, giggling girl fest over here. So be on the lookout. I will for sure be sharing about it all on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective if you want to be the first to know about it. 
But for today, for this podcast, it was originally inspired by a need for there to be a better conversation about this field, better, more open-minded, more informed, more accurate, more beautiful conversations about the work of healing. Because let's face it, either you have been to therapy and you have your own experiences that you build a narrative around, or you listen to other people's narratives. And sometimes those involve horror stories about their therapeutic experiences and the field can get a bad rap. I have had that experience too. But just because I had an experience with a provider that didn't work or fit me doesn't mean I stopped looking for the person who did fit. It's in the same way that you would think if you didn't like your dentist, you wouldn't necessarily never go again. At least I hope not. (laughs) See, we go to the dentist, amongst other things, because it's good for us to do. It's a practice of self-care. It helps you avoid major dental issues down the line. And they can do things for our teeth we just cannot do for ourselves. Do you hear the metaphor I'm putting out there? Therapy isn't much different than this. It is good for you. It is a practice of self-care. It helps you avoid major issues down the line. And you can reach areas of growth, healing, and yourself you wouldn't be able to on your own. So this, of course, begs the question, should everyone go to the dentist? Just kidding. Should everyone go to therapy? As a human being thinking about this, like just me and my person, I would say, yes, I think everyone would benefit from going to therapy, even if it's just a few times, even if it's just to see what it's like, not to like turn out your whole past, not to fix anything, but purely for self-exploration or self-awareness, the practice of self-care, just having a place where you can think through all your own things by yourself to this like unbiased, like well-educated, knowledgeable human. As a person, I'm like, yes, take me there every day. (laughs) Okay, as a therapist, I actually feel more reserved. I feel hesitant to tell everyone they could benefit from therapy, um, partially because I'm super biased because I'm in this line of work. And I don't think it would come off as super genuine if I said it, which is like totally ironic. So For me as a person who goes to therapy, yes, therapy is such a worthwhile endeavor. I do think you would benefit from exploring this relationship. And then for me as a professional, just make sure it's a good fit. So here are the questions. What happens in therapy? Dun, dun, dun. This depends on what drew you there in the first place. So sometimes When we work together in therapy, we start with what is most pressing in the here and now. And sometimes we start with your past, where some of these things got started. I'm going to tell you that they almost always lead to each other, which is why there is freedom in starting wherever makes the most sense to you. This initial phase of therapy is crucial, as so much more is taking place than what is happening in the direct interaction. So while you are talking, telling your story, the therapist is listening, engaging, holding space for you, asking questions, making observations. There should definitely be some exchange between both people, like a dialogue. Too often, I hear people complain that their therapists don't say anything or don't say enough. Now, this does not mean therapists need to just run their mouth and fill the air. But if you see something your person would benefit from hearing, say it. Be there. Give feedback. Join them. Don't just nod, okay? 
It's my own little soapbox issue. So what is happening in this initial phase is a very thorough examination of how the story is being told. Where do you place yourself in the narrative? What words do you use to describe what happened? Who else is involved? How do you perceive of your own power, responsibility, connection, culpability? Are there any glaring things that need to be addressed right away, or does the rest of the story need to unfold first? Is there anything not being said? Is there anyone not being mentioned? Why? Are you connecting to what you are saying, emotionally integrated to your story, or separate as if you are talking about someone else? Is this something to address? How does it feel to expose all this to a stranger? What do you hope will happen by sharing all these parts of you? Will you trust the therapist to lead you, offer you a new way to look at things? How do you hope your therapist sees you? What do you want them to know about you? Will you allow yourself to be seen in the mess, in the fixing, in the right now? Are there any primary relationships that you need to repair? Mom, dad, family of origin. If so, how can the therapist represent that person and allow you to experience the attachment you need? What comes up in you when you think of doing that, allowing that safe, healthy attachment to take place? And then this is where we get into the core beliefs, into what keeps you from love, into what keeps you protecting yourself from vulnerability, into the repetition compulsion cycle of you staying stuck and often alone. So all of this and more is happening while we listen, unpack, respond, care, and do therapy. And you guys, that's just the initial phase. Can you hear how therapy is art and science and real and craft in a beautiful, honest way to look at all the things? See, there is still trust to be built and things to undo and redo and try and see what happens when you love yourself and show up for you and allow yourself to be seen. I don't know if I could ever explain the depths of what happens in a therapy session. So much care and so much respect and so much growth. So what is therapy? It's a relationship built over time that is honest, searching, hoping, life-changing. Who should go? Whoever wants to. (laughs) See, therapy is not only for people who have encountered brokenness. It is for people wanting a second pair of eyes on things, wanting someone to help them sift through their things, wanting someone to hold them accountable to their dreams. Therapy is a super broad field. What do you need? What do you wish you could share with someone? Would therapy fit that need? And why or why not? Another great question. How do you know if you're making progress? Man, okay, you should know that something is changing or happening. So even if that change is you feeling more comfortable showing up, you feeling a relief of your symptoms, or how about the inverse? Progress is also you feeling anxiety after telling someone something you never thought you would. Sometimes progress feels like becoming more undone, more unfinished, more messed up as this process of deconstruction happens and you put all your shit on the table. All of that is progress, even if it doesn't feel like it. Because just on the other side of that is sweet goodness. A deep exhale. A restorative relationship, a sense of self, a clear way forward, 
a real relationship that has been built, lasting change? If you are not sure if you're making progress, ask your therapist. Ask them where they think you are, what else you could be working towards, but develop a plan together. Don't just not show up because you don't think it's something's happening or something's working. There's a lot of things going on like from the therapist's perspective. So don't hesitate to ask, hey, how, how am I doing? <laughs> how long does therapy last? As long as it needs to. Yes, I know that's an abstract answer. But let me tell you, I have worked with some people over the course of 10 years and I'm still actively working with them. I have worked with some people for super brief stints just to do some real intense work. I don't think there is right or wrong in this. It's only what you need and are looking for. I love both. I love getting to watch people grow through life stages and enter all their beautiful phases and see their work transform who they are. See, sometimes as a therapist, I wish I could follow up with every single person and find out where they are now. What was helpful? What did you learn? What is different for you now? Do you need anything else from me or another therapist? Whatever you need and you feel like your work is still not done, pick it back up. The work of self is ever ongoing. Okay, this is a hot topic question. What is the difference between a therapist and a coach? This depends on their credentials. Okay, so for instance, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, which means I can practice therapy in California. The field of coaching does not have a licensing board, so anyone can be a coach in any state. So technically, when I engage in a coaching relationship, it's because of geography. The content and style and approach is all the same. I do not want to demean the coaching field. I would just do some research on who the person is, what authority or education or experience they have to coach you. It is super crucial that you consider what it is you are looking for, what you value, and who you are trusting with you. This gets complicated because there are so many people entering this field at such a large rate right now, some of who are exceptionally qualified and will serve to further this field. And then there are others who just have a really great Instagram feed. I know, I can't believe I said that out loud, but seriously, you guys, someone's Instagram feed does not count as someone's credentials. So I'm so going there right now. If you want someone poking around in your brain and heart and psyche and experiences and goals in life, I just think that person needs to have more than aesthetics or some carefully curated squares. Okay. With that being said, if you want to hire a coach to help you learn how to make a beautiful feed or grow your Instagram business, then that would make perfect sense because the proof is in the pudding. But do you hear the difference? Like someone helping you with your insides needs to know about your insides. And maybe that's just me, but I, I know, I guess, what it took to get here as far as being a licensed therapist. It took college, all four years, a master's degree, which is at least two years, over 3,000 hours of internship under strict scrutiny and supervision, then passing two licensing exams, which are four hours long. And if you can survive all that, then you earn your license. And I'm saying earn because that shoot took time and money and tears and stress and free work and a hundred existential crises that your own therapy and extreme self-doubt are only the beginning. <laughs> so now that you're licensed, you still have to do continuing education, stay current in your field, you're monitored by the Board of Behavioral Sciences, and you need to renew your license every two years. And if at any point you break any of the rules that bind you to your profession, you lose it all. 
But if you want to be a coach, you can just call yourself one. And some coaches have done more work than that. Some therapists doing work across state lines are coaches. Some coaches have taken classes and read books and worked hard. There is just a glaring discrepancy between how a therapist becomes a therapist and how a coach becomes a coach. Find out how your person got to where they are. It might make a difference for you if you care about that kind of stuff. I feel like that's me coming on strong, but I think that it also comes from a place of I don't want people to have like unethical help. Um, I don't want people to reach out thinking they're going to receive what they can get in therapy from a coaching relationship from someone who hasn't actually been trained. Again, if you are looking to do like the bigger work that therapy can hold, then go to the person who is qualified to help you do that. Now, if you are wanting to engage in mentorship or coaching online or things that don't necessarily have to deal with your trauma, your core beliefs, uh, even your mindset, like all of those things belong to the field that understands like the width and depth and breadth, um, the full extent of that work. So there is a discrepancy between therapy and coaching. And I would find out who it is that you're looking to help you do that work, how they're qualified to do it, uh, and then make your decision on who you'd like to help guide you in that space. Again, there are tons of qualified people in all of these different spaces. And so I would just do your due diligence. A few questions that came in from Instagram this week. How to find the right individual and marriage therapist. You've got to start somewhere. So start with their website. Um, even though I just said, <laughs> don't look at their Instagram. That's not the only thing. Look at their Instagram. Find out who they are, what they have to offer then look at their credentials, see if you can do a consultation call, um, but go meet them. The same reasoning applies to people who never win the lottery because they never bought a ticket. You got to buy the ticket. You got to put in the work. You got to show up and then you will find the therapeutic relationship you're looking for. Also on this, just think about what you prefer. Do you want someone super clinical and formal? Do you want someone personable and relatable? Someone who has similar life experiences as you? You might think about gender or religion or if you want to work in person or remotely. Also, total shout out to the remote therapy field right now slash coaching if it's um, across state lines. There is so much valuable work being done through the technology we have available to us. It is very similar to the fact that even though I am here in my trailer in California and you are wherever you are, we are still connected that work goes even further when we are doing that through like a, a video consultation, whether that is through Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or whatever platform we're using. The idea that we get to actually still hold space together, be in real time with each other, that is still a valuable therapeutic relationship. So I would consider um, if you're don't like don't geographically like paint yourself in a corner. If you are not connecting with therapists in your area, look to see who is available and offering online services. And then show up and see if they're a good fit. Um, second question was, what are the differences between a therapist and a coach? And I, I probably decimated that question harder than I anticipated earlier, but it depends on their training and education. So I am a therapist in California and a coach in other states. Number three, can a therapist be a coach and a therapist? Yep. Four, how do you keep them separate or do you? For me, the work is the same flavor. Sometimes the content is different. So I have some people who come for in-person professional coaching and some people who do online remote personal development. 
as well as some people who do remote professional coaching and some people who do online personal work. So whatever you want, wherever you are, good help is available for you. Don't get lost in the semantics. Um, the, the language is often technical for therapists because we cannot refer to ourselves as therapists in other states. So find out from whoever it is that you're looking to work with how the two differ for them, if the approach is different, or if it's just the languaging um, to protect the field. If you are thinking about starting therapy or coaching, just do it. You guys, what is one session? What's four sessions if you have the opportunity to think about how your life intersects with all the things you're learning? We learn abstract concepts all day long, but it's so different when we get to put that into the context of our own life. So you would take this podcast and say, okay, I need to go work with my therapist and or coach right now and find out, hey, what does this mean for my life? What are the questions that I have? You can take that work further when you are working with someone who's helping to guide you into those places. If you were with me today in the trailer and I could tell you anything, it would be think about what it is you want. What are you looking for? Does something need to change? And if so, would therapy or coaching be a good resource for you? If that's true, then what are you waiting for? Just think about the pace or frequency or timing or the services that fit your need. I kind of like to think about this the way that Mary Catherine Gallagher from Superstar gets into the pool. She talks about some people needing to just cannonball right in the deep end. Some people dip a single toe in and then wade all the way in. Some people sit on the side and dangle their feet and never get their hair wet. But however you get in, get in. <laughs> For your own reference, this is exactly how I created the different things I offer. Weekends is the cannonball approach. One-on-one -on -one is the toe dip and slow wade in. And workshops are sitting on the side and enjoying the sun. All those ways are ways in and up and forward and through and over. However you need to get there, get there. You won't regret it, mainly because you are so worth the work you do. Cheers, you guys. Catch you next week. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you are interested in beginning your own work in therapy or coaching, you can go to www.elisesnipes.com. Follow me on Instagram at Elise Snipes Collective, where I will be sharing more with you throughout the week. You can get in touch with me to suggest a topic for the show or to ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered. Or just say hi by emailing me at elise at elisesnipes.com. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends.